it should be on now. There we go. If you're here for the first time or, or you bring your friend along one day, um, get them to fill out one of these because then we can follow them up and we can welcome people uh, really well. We're going to pray in a moment and we're going to pray that we spend some time, as we spend some time in God's Word, we're going to hear God speak to us and this is the second last, the penultimate uh, fruit in our series on the fruit of the Spirit, gentleness. And I, and I guess uh, having watched the smash-up derby last night at the Robbo show, it feels sort of timely, I think. It's hardly gentle. It was good fun though, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I yeah... It gave me a lot. It was really good fun. I loved it. I just love that sort of thing. It's pretty cool. I've never seen it before. Never been to that type of thing before. So there we go. Um, gentleness. Why don't I read from James 3.17? This is what it says. It says, But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. So let's pray. Father, we pray as we open your word now that we would understand what you mean by gentleness in your word. We pray that you would fill us with your spirit so as Christian people we may indeed show this fruit in our lives. And Lord, may we indeed show that wisdom that comes from you, comes from above, uh, wisdom that is gentle and open to reason, full of mercy, with good fruits. Uh, Lord, guide us today in your word. Amen. So when was the last time, no show of hands, it's okay, when was the last time you prayed for gentleness? Has it been a while? If you're anything like me, it, well, it's been a while for me, I, I, I'll be honest. Uh, it's generally not something we prioritise in our prayers. Now, maybe because it is misunderstood. Gentleness, or using the older-fashioned word, meekness, is often seen as weakness. Being gentle implies that you're a bit of a pushover. Uh, you're not someone of conviction. That's what some people might say. And if you're a, a, a manly man, man-man type of manly man, macho man-man, um, then, <laughs> well, if meekness is understood as weakness, then it's hardly, therefore, very appealing, is it? If you're a woman, well, then gentleness could be misunderstood to mean that you should not speak up. Both, uh, well, both examples are a misunderstanding of um, gentleness. So this morning, by looking at the Lord Jesus especially, I want us to see that gentleness is about strength. <coughs> strength under control. Meekness doesn't mean uh, weakness. Now, I love this little picture of Israel Folau. Uh, this, this came on his Instagram this week. He's the, well, there's a couple of big blokes there, but he's the big bloke in the middle. He's a Wallabies player, um, professional rugby player, very strong. I love it because it illustrates what I think the Bible talks about when God speaks about gentleness. Here is a strong, uh, powerfully built man. The, the picture but doesn't, doesn't as much justice. It looked better on my screen. But he's strong, his muscles everywhere, rippling. On the rugby field, the guy's close to, well, unstoppable. His size and power mean that he has the potential to use his strength, well, for harm or, or simply selfishness. But instead, here he is. He's, um, he's holding the hands of small children. Uh, they may well be his own children, I think. I'm not quite sure. 
But um, he's taking care. See that? Uh, he's showing love and he's showing kindness. This is a great illustration of what gentleness is when God speaks about it in the Bible. That is strength under control. That's what gentleness is. Might, restrained. Humility, grace, gentleness. Now, what also helps us to understand gentleness or define it is, is understanding what it's not. So in contrast to the gentleness uh, are the acts of the sinful nature, which Steve read to us before. Remember from Galatians 5. So in, in contrast to gentleness are anger, remember that? Uh, hatred, fits of rage, jealous, uh, selfish ambition, jealousy even. And as we've been thinking through over the last six weeks, such things, these characteristics, don't reflect the Spirit's work in our lives. This is what one commentator wrote. Forceful and harsh behaviour is not the mark of the Spirit's work, but meekness and gentleness reflect a transformed heart. Hear that? So forceful and harsh behaviour are not the mark of the Spirit's, of the Spirit's work, but meekness and gentleness, well, they, they reflect a transformed heart. So today... We'll ask God's Spirit to transform our hearts. That's what we'll do. We'll do three things. And if you've got your outline there, uh, you can grab them open and jot a few things down if you like and follow along. Uh, first, what I want to do, I want to show you three pictures of gentleness. Although they're really only one picture and it shouldn't take you long to work out what that one picture is. I want, to, I want you to see that when we think gentleness, we think Jesus. That's what I want you to see. Think gentleness, think Jesus, strength under control. And following that, we'll take a moment to look at the example of Paul, who followed the pattern of Jesus. And then we'll close uh, and we'll ask some questions of ourselves, questions, um, questions I read about and thought about during the week that have challenged me over the week, and we'll pray that God's Spirit will work in us to show this uh, fruit of gentleness in our lives. So here's... Um, First heading there on our outline, the gentleness of Jesus. Three pictures, and this is not one of them. You know those pictures of Jesus. Uh, so let's not get confused um, about the real Jesus, okay? Here's the first one, first picture, Isaiah 40. And we'll pick it up from verse 11. It's going to be up on the screen. You don't need to look it up right now. We won't have time. The prophet speaks of God's rule. And actually in verse 10, it's not there. In verse 10, the, the prophet Isaiah writes that the Lord God comes with might. It's a passage that's fulfilled in Jesus, the good shepherd. So verse 11 says, He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. So it's a description of God's rule, Isaiah 11 is. In fact, the rule of the coming King, the Messiah, it's the rule of Jesus. In other words, look at those words, great strength and power. Here is God's rule, but like a shepherd, cradling his lambs in his arms, uh, close. You know, it's an old-fashioned word, but I like it, <laughs> in his bosom. There's something about it that's close and, and touching, gently leading. That's the first picture. Second picture, Isaiah 42. It's another passage fulfilled in the Lord Jesus, one of the suffering servant passages, passages of Isaiah. So verse 1, here's the Lord speaking. 
Behold, my servant whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights, I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break. A faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. So here's God's servant who brings justice. But a bruised reed he will not break. A faintly burning wick he will not quench. Perhaps we could uh, translate those two phrases and we, we could say, he, he wouldn't hurt a fly. He wouldn't hurt a fly. He's, a, he's quiet and faithful and tender. He's not a bully or, or a loud mouth. He won't cry out loud in arrogance, it's all about me. He's radically different. He's a radically different servant who will bring justice, the Lord says. So in quietness, humility and simplicity, this servant will take all the evil onto himself and return only grace. Healing his people, the bruised reed, bringing light to darkness. One more picture. One more picture of gentleness we see uh, in, in God's word. Again, it's fulfilled in the arrival of the Lord Jesus in Jerusalem. As Jesus walked up to Jerusalem, quoted in Matthew 21, Ze- Zechariah 9 9. Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly. Matthew 21 has gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Here's God's king, arrives in Jerusalem, the king whom the, the prophets speak of, the king, the king of the universe, the creator. Philippians 2 says, who being in very nature God, on a donkey, <laughs> on a donkey. It's, the, it's the, the humble lowest form of transport, humble and gentle. See that, see strength, under control, strength under control. There's gentleness. Now, friends, this is the same Lord Jesus who in Matthew 11 invites us to come to him for rest. Here's Jesus' gentle invitation. Sri read it out for us. Jesus who welcomes sinners, like you and I. Gentle Jesus who welcomes sinners. He is gentle and humble in heart. Rest from sin. Rest from pain. Rest from brokenness. Rest from the pressures of life. Rest from work. Family ups and downs. From from sickness. Rest from the burden of trying to do it ourselves. Rest from trying to earn God's favour. Jesus says, come to me. Jesus, the, sh- the shepherd, tender with his flock, gently cradling them in his bosom. A bruised reed he will not break. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. This is Jesus. Have you accepted his gentle invitation? 
When we think gentleness, well, let's think Jesus. And when the Bible speaks of gentleness, God says, follow the pattern of Jesus. So the Apostle Paul is, the Apostle Paul's story is a a great example of that. Uh, Now, before his conversion, before the Lord Jesus appeared to him on that Damascus road and the, the light shone brightly down, before he received God's Spirit, uh, Saul, as he was known, Saul was a violent man. Read more and more about him. Read about his, his uh, conversion stories in the end of Acts and Genesis, uh, Galatians 1 and Acts chapter 13. He was violent. He was angry. He was bent on uh, revenge and silencing those who oppose him. He was murderous. He was the guy watching on as Stephen was stoned to death. This was a vicious and violent way to die. Awful. There he was looking on, approving the death of of Stephen as he preached the gospel. He was a persecutor of Christians, hunting them down in foreign cities. He would travel to foreign countries to hunt down Christians. That's that's in his efforts to destroy the church. He was a, a, in his words, Paul said, he was a blasphemer against the true and living God. So, no one, no one would have described Saul as gentle. No one, not at all. But by, by, God, by God's grace, he was called. Uh, Galatians 1.15 says that. And God revealed his son to him. He received the spirit and then God changed him. From darkness to light, from death to life, And that same spirit worked in him, maturing him to be more like Jesus, producing the characteristics of Jesus, the fruit of God's spirit, from from hate to love, from violence to peace, from anger to gentleness. Turn around. It was and could only have been the work of God. And this change then showed itself in Paul's life and in Paul's ministry. And so when Paul came to Corinth, a church at Corinth, God's spirit continued to work in him and he came in love and a gentle spirit. This is not the Saul of years before. He came not with a rod of, a rod of discipline. So his appeal was by the humility and gentleness of Christ. Paul's life and ministry. He followed the pattern of Jesus as the fruit of the Spirit grew out of him. And Paul expected the same of the other churches he wrote to. So in Galatians 6, uh, if a Christian brother or sister is caught in sin, they need to follow the pattern of Jesus. You who are spiritual should restore him gently, Galatians 6 says. Gentleness for all of God's, for God's people who themselves are dearly loved is the clothing God wants us to put on. And so Colossians 3 verse 12 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. That's the priority clothing. That's what you need to put on for God's people. So gentleness, therefore, must be characteristic of biblical leadership, Paul says, being examples to the church of gentleness and humility. So leadership in God's church follows the pattern of the servant king himself, might restrained, strength under control, not lording it over, Jesus says to his disciples, but servants, 
a bruised reed he will not break, tender with his flock. So 1 Timothy 6, 11 and 12, and Paul writes to his young son in the faith, uh, who's the pastor of the church at Ephesus. He says, but you, man of God, so to Timothy, flee from all this and pursue, chase after, go after this, righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance and gentleness. 1 Timothy 3, 2 to 4. Now the overseer or elder uh, is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle. An example to the, to the flock, uh, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. In fact, gentleness in the lives of those who belong to Jesus is something that ought to be evident to all. Now, I don't know if you, you maybe you're one of these people. You, you've seen those football fans, you know, those, whether it's whatever sport it is, who perhaps, um, and, and again, perhaps you know one, perhaps you, you are one, uh, who's like this, where everyone knows your team. You've got one of those pictures in mind, those people. Everyone knows your team. You're a dragon's man or a dragon's woman, whatever you are. Um, everyone knows you wear the clothes, you've got the tats, your home is decorated in team colours. I knew of a house back, I'm not going to say where it is, just in case people know the person. Um, they painted their roof in the colours of their team. Everyone knew their t- that they followed their team. They, <laughs> someone said to me, I bleed dragons. What, is that? what does that actually mean? <laughs> I don't understand that. Anyway, but it's evident to all. Their team, everyone knows, everyone can see. And so Paul writes to the Philippians, Rejoice in the Lord always, I'll say it again, rejoice, let your gentleness be evident to all. Proverbs 15 verse 1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Everyone knows, everyone sees, it's evident to all. And so it makes sense then that um, when speaking to non-believers, we want, people to, we want people to see gentleness and think of Jesus. So moving away from Paul's example, just for a moment, to, to Peter's, 1 Peter 3, 15 to 16, says, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason for the hope you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behaviour in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. There's a reason why we, uh, if you're a Christian person, evangelise, you tell others about Jesus with gentleness and respect. You see the reason? So that those who speak maliciously against your good behaviour in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Oh, Titus says, I have nothing bad to say about you. Gentleness and respect. So you got a bit of a picture now? We've seen this picture of Jesus in the Old Testament. We've seen how Jesus uh, fulfills the prophet's words in the Old Testament about uh, gentleness. And so that when we think gentleness, well, we think Jesus. Uh, Strength under control, might restrained, the king of the universe on a donkey. So how do you go with gentleness? We'll ask of the Holy Spirit in a moment to work in us this fruit. But let's, let's close by asking ourselves some honest questions. Okay? 
we're on point three in the outline there. I, I guess we could say we're giving ourselves a spiritual MRI. Now, I'm really not sure what MRI stands for. I didn't bother looking it up. I'm sure someone would know. Um, but I thought it's not that important. You know what it is. I know what it is. Um, <laughs> we've got nurses and doctors around in the room here, but uh, they, they could correct me, but they're too humble to say anything. Thank you. Um, maybe the question and comment time later on. Uh, but we know how it works. See, that the MRI, you can't always tell how well someone is from the outside, can you? That's the point of them. You need to look inside. You need to look in the person, so to speak. So an MRI is the doctor's... As the, uh, when, when an MRI takes place, the doctor might find something missing or they might find the presence of something, might they? You understand? So we're going to do a spiritual MRI. That's what we're going to do. We're going to look inside, as the Bible says, we're going to look inside our hearts. The psalmist writes in Psalm 139, search me, try me. Uh, in other words, the psalmist says, God, how am I doing? How am I doing with this? Do I have a teachable spirit? As a James 3, I read right at the start, refers to. Do I have a repentant heart? Do I have a trusting faith? Bible, um, Bible teacher and theologian Jerry Bridges, American guy, he once said, uh, we ought to be tough on ourselves and tender with others. So here's some questions to make us think and possibly shape our prayers. And again, these questions I have uh, read and thought about uh, challenged me over the last few days. Uh, I hope they challenge you too. If they make you, uh, like they did to me, a little uncomfortable, I think that's good. I hope they make you a little uncomfortable. They're questions about my obedience to God, but they're also questions about my relationship with others, my consideration of others. So, are we considerate, generous and fair in our dealings with others or are we rigid, exacting and demanding? Am I prepared to be gentle and sensitive to the pressures and insecurities that are the lot of my friends, family and workmates? Am I prepared to be gentle? Am I ready to be gentle, especially when others are not gentle to me? Do I show consideration to the shopkeeper, the, the mailman, the school teacher, the bank teller and everyone else? Do we tell ourselves that we are standing on principle when in fact we are merely insisting on our own opinions? Are we becoming increasingly compassionate, <coughs> gracious, reasonable and kind or disturbingly crusty, rigid, unyielding and inflexible? They're good questions, I think. Uh, let's pray and let's ask God's Spirit to make us more like Jesus, shall we? To grow this fruit of gentleness in our lives. And we'll have a few moments for questions, comments. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for your Spirit. 
Lord, as we come to you, Lord Jesus, and we put our trust in you, uh, you've, you give us your spirit to shape and mould us to be more like Jesus. So Lord, that's what we ask today. We pray that you would give us this fruit of gentleness, this, uh, that, that, even that the strength we have would be under control. Would help us with our humility, our grace, our gentleness. Father, we, um, we thank you for the example of Jesus. We pray that we would follow his pattern, uh, just as the Apostle Paul did. And uh, Lord, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Some challenges today, isn't there? So any, any comments or questions? Anything you'd like to add? Have I missed anything? Probably. Any, any comments or questions, don't forget you can use the comment card. I give a question and answer time, or let's just call it a question time, I don't always give an answer. I do that for my own feedback, which is helpful, but I mostly do it for a bit of accountability for me, so if I have missed something, it's a chance to say it, and for transparency, that's the other reason why I do it, so that I'm open to whatever people say. That's sort of why I do it. Josh, thank you. Uh, for me, uh, Victor Thanks, Josh. Yep. Thank you. Yeah, Kim. Might, might take us back to the yeah yeah it might take us back to that that gentleness and respect from one peter how we talk to others about the gospel we 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 do it with gentleness and respect and what that looks like sort of varies from person to person but it's yeah it's not pushy this is my team this is you know thank you yeah richard. <laughs> thank you richard well done <laughs> do you like the dragons there yeah there you go <laughs> There's something in that, isn't there? <laughs> Have you painted your house any colours recently? <laughs> Run?
it's misery. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And is it, there's, yeah, yep. Thanks, Josh. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Kate Ellis. Kate Ellis retiring yep. said that the, the more reasonable the politician, the less time they spend in politics because they're reasonable. <laughs> so they, they, they leave. Yeah. Mm. It, is a, it is a shame. Yeah, it is a shame that... that yeah, I've got, got to be careful going to politics from the pulpit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> two peas that should never mix. Um, so again, yeah, yeah, and that, there's our example. But yeah, okay, great. Thank you, guys. Good comments and uh, questions. Michelle, I'll hand it back to you.